Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. And so I'm going to kick off a new series. And I got some good things to say to you today. And my goal today is not to just fill you with a good message. My goal for you today is have a level of freedom when you leave here that you have not had before. This is the uh, message the devil does not want me to preach you this morning, but I don't, want you to, I don't want you to take this approach today. I don't want you to take the approach that I'm here to hear a good sermon, we love our church, preach it, go white boy, amen. I don't want you to have that approach this morning. I want you to have this approach this morning. God, show me the areas of my life that I need freedom in, and I just want to receive this morning. And so, y'all ready to go? So our new series that we're kicking off this morning is called Freedom Formula. Everyone say freedom. If you would go with me to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, it says this, stand fast. Everyone say stand fast. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. In reading that scripture, there's a few things that stand out to me. One, that is very possible for you and I as believers to live in freedom in our lives. You know, it's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to be headed to heaven. It's a whole other thing to live in freedom here on this earth. And according to this scripture, we need to stand fast on our liberty, which means this, that it is possible for you and I not just to be saved, but to live in freedom in our lives. But also, if this scripture is correct, it's possible for us to love Jesus and not really walk in freedom. And it's also possible, according to this scripture, that we may fall back into some bondages. So the Bible says we need to therefore stand fast in our liberty so we won't be entangled again in things that we may have been entangled in before. Let's go to John chapter 8. You are a quiet crowd this morning. John chapter 8. I want to read you a few verses and Jesus said this, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, so he's talking to us, you are truly my disciples if, everyone say if, if you remain faithful to my teachings. A lot of translations uh, word it this way, that if you abide in my word and my word abides in you. So the Bible says, if you remain faithful to my teachings, you are truly my disciples, and then you will know the truth and the truth will do what? It will set you free. We like to quote that scripture, but look at the next few verses. Verse 33, but we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? See, you can at times not have freedom in your life and not even recognize it. Verse 34, and Jesus said back to them, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son would set you free, then you are truly what? You're truly free. So with this idea that it's possible to walk in freedom, it's possible to not walk in freedom, it's possible to fall out of freedom. With that in mind, Jesus goes on and tells us that there is a way to walk in freedom. I want to pick this scripture apart because it's very obvious in these verses that freedom depends on truth. Everyone say truth. Freedom depends on truth. So this, this, these verses, Jesus said, if, which means it's conditional, it may happen, it may not happen, but if you remain in my word and my word remains in you, 
If you are faithful to the word of God, if you're true to the word of God, if you are taking your cues from the word of God, if you are abiding, it really means remaining in the word of God, on the scripture, in the words of Jesus. If you are remaining in that, the Bible says you will know the truth. Now the word know there is an interesting word. It really means to experience. So if you remain in what Jesus said, you will know or you will experience. Actually, it's, it's, it really is a, the word for experiencing something intimately. It's the word used for sexual intimacy. So it's saying this, if you know the word of God, if you're true to the word of God, if you are uh, remaining in the words of Jesus, then you will experience the truth, which means the reality of Christ, and that truth will set you what? So freedom comes from truth. Freedom comes from you experiencing the word of God, not just hearing about the word of God, but aligning yourself with the word of God. And the word free here means that you are, li you are liberated from restriction and you are liberated to believe as you need to believe. So there are some things in our life keeping us from being able to believe the things that we need to believe. So Jesus said, if you know the truth, then that truth, which is the reality of Christ, it is that truth that will set you up free or it will liberate you. But here's what I've known from years of working with people, people that love Jesus, people that are uh, Christ followers, people that are uh, believers, that a lot of times we have areas of our life that we're not walking in freedom in. And I believe this, that Christ not only wants you saved, he wants you what? Free. And if you know the reality of truth, what will that truth do? It will liberate you from restriction and limitation, and it will liberate you to believe how you need to believe, to walk in all the goodness that God has for you. But sometimes we deal with things that we will call bondages. The Bible uses big words like strongholds. So how would, how would a bondage come into your life? How would a bondage come into my life? Well, I believe it could come from a few places. One place it could come from is a, is a, is a Bible word that we don't use. It's the word iniquity. You may have heard that or read that before. And really what that means is there's a certain bend in your life because of something that was passed down in your family line. There's a certain bend towards certain failure or towards certain sin or towards certain failures or bondages. There's just an, an iniquity or a certain bend that was sort of passed down in your family. For some people, it could be an addiction to alcohol. To some people, it could be a, a, a fear of failure. To some people, it, it, it could be a sickness. But there are certain bondages that sometimes just get passed down. They're called iniquities. Uh, another way that some bondages could, could come into your life and my life is by experiences. Things were somewhere along the line that we experienced in our life. It could have been as a child. It could have been as you were growing up. It, it could have been a form of abuse. But, but it's something that you experienced or you went through, and a lot of times wasn't even your fault, but it opened a door in your life to some type of bondage. Another way that it could come is, is not just by an iniquity or an experience, but an exposure. You may have been exposed to something, and you may have done it yourself, or it may have been unintentional, but in some way or form, there was an open door into your life, and these things, they stuck around. A stronghold just means something that you can't seem to get rid of. And so there could be things in your life that could have come because it just came through the family line. It could have been something that came because of an experience you had, or it could have came from an exposure in your life. But here's the danger of those bondages. It really imprisons us. It will imprison your perspective to where you see things differently in life because of something you experienced, something you were exposed to, 
or even something that was passed down to you. It imprisons your perspective, your outlook. Sometimes it imprisons your, your, your personality. Sometimes it imprisons your, um, your attitudes. It can just put you in this prison of uh, restricting you in your beliefs, restricting you in your expectations, and even your choices. So it becomes this prison in our life. And it doesn't mean that you don't love Jesus. It doesn't mean that you're not going to heaven. It's just an area of your life called a stronghold that has a grip on your life or has had a grip on your life. And here's what I believe that Jesus said. If you know the truth, that truth can liberate you in those areas of your life. Our heart is at the end of these few weeks, we're going to tackle some things. And if it's something that you have dealt with or maybe is a bondage or a challenge in your life, you'll know how to get free from it. A few years ago, about two years ago, God spoke to me and Pastor Diane, and he said, I want you to focus on three things, faith, family, and freedom. And that doesn't mean we don't teach on other things, but this just, he said, I want this to be the theme and underlying thing that you teach on every year, that I want people to know how to walk in faith, how to have a good family, and how to walk in freedom. Like I guess that doesn't mean there won't be other areas, but those are three thrusts that he just sort of put on our heart. And we just finished a, a family series, and so we're going to move into this freedom series. And I believe this, that there's a formula for freedom. That's the title of this series. I believe there's a formula for freedom. And I'm going to give you that formula. We're going to pop, pop it up on the screen, and I believe it goes like this. First of all, whatever it is in our life, that there's a potential of a stronghold, a bondage, a challenge, a restriction, a limitation. We need to recognize what that problem is. Everybody say recognize. And, and if you're taking notes, or you can just take a snapshot of that screen, I believe this formula is going to, and we're going to take on a topic and work through it here in a moment. But I believe this, that you got to recognize the problem. You say, well, what does that mean? Here's how you recognize the problem. You need to step back and evaluate your life. Here's how you evaluate your life. What are your conversations? What are your most predominant feelings, moods? What are the most predominant thoughts that you have, choices you make, things that you say? We need to evaluate those things because it could be that in our life, we're not free in a certain area, and that's how we know. And then what do we have to do? We got to get to the root of that thing because there's a root somehow, some way that that entered our life or we were exposed to that. And you could find that root, look at that root. Maybe it came, something happened to you, something you were exposed to, something that's just been passed down in your family. The first thing we need to do to get free is to do what? Recognize what that problem might be. And let me say this to you. We all have challenges. We all have areas of our life that we need next level freedom in. Sometimes we deal with things, but then some of us are really entrapped in some things, and it's affecting our choices, it's affecting our, our behavior, it's affecting our personality, it's affecting our relationships. And so we need to recognize in our life, what could that be in my life? And then once we recognize it, we need to take responsibility. And taking responsibility could, could mean this, that we need to look at that thing, and sometimes we need to repent. Sometimes we need to forgive. But we need to get to the root of that thing and deal with that root and take responsibility. And I think I said this um, somewhere along the last series that at some point in our lives, listen to me, those of you who love Jesus, we need to move from, we, we, there's always a reason, but we need to move and stop letting that be an excuse in our life. 
There's a reason for behavior. There is a reason in your life for some of these things. But as, as Christ followers, if we're really following Christ and he takes us from glory to glory, from level to level, we need to stop letting those reasons become excuses in our life and let Jesus get us all freed up from those things. Walking um, uh, with that thing uh, not being a restriction in our life, being a stronghold in our life. So we need to repent of some things because, listen to this, what you do not confront will never change. It will never change unless it is confronted in our lives. And there are things we might need to denounce, remove from our lives. We need to get rid of some vows we've made in our lives because what's it doing is keeping us restricted. We're not walking in the liberty that Jesus talked about. And so we need to take some responsibility. And lastly, we need to rely on truth. Everybody say rely. To rely on truth means this. We need to rely on the power of the word of God, the power of his spirit. Let Jesus remove some things in our life. Resist those things as we go forward. And I believe what happens is we walk in freedom. Could I lay hands on you and say a prayer and you walk in and immediately get freedom? Yes. But here's where a lot of people miss it. They go home and they, they, they lose. They don't know how to walk that thing out. I believe if I lay hands on you, whatever the Holy Spirit needs to do, I believe it's downloaded in you, it's working in you, it's stirred up in you, but we need to learn how to walk this out. How many know that, that sometimes that thing comes back and it knocks on the door? You need to know that you're not obligated to open the door and let it come back in. There's, just because it knocks, you do not have to let them come in. Have you ever hid from somebody at your door or you didn't open the door because someone was at your door? How many have ever done that? Almost everybody in here has done that. Unless you're just one of those people who like to talk to everybody. You just open the door for anybody, right? But for most of us, there's been someone that came to our door and we're like, act like you're not home. You need to do that with the devil. I'm not here anymore. I, you do not have access anymore in my life. So that's a freedom formula. I've got to recognize that problem in my life and it's okay to say, you know, it's okay not to be okay, but it is not okay to stay not okay recognize it, be willing with the Holy Spirit's help to take responsibility, right, rely on the truth of the word of God to free you, and you can walk in freedom. Someone said, that sounds good. That's a formula that I want to use over these next few weeks. So how about we take a topic, we take an issue, and we put it to this test this morning. So here's the title for the next few moments. I'll make some pointers, and we'll put it to this test. And here's what I want you to hear this morning. My title was this, Freedom from Intimidation. Freedom from intimidation. Now hear me with this. Everybody in here at times deals with some intimidation. There are some of you who deal with this on a whole different level and it is a real bondage in your life. No matter where you're at on that scale or somewhere in between, this is going to help you and this is going to work for you. And if we ever live in an hour, in a moment, in a day, in a season, where there is something intimidating you is the hour that we're in right now. Intimidation is defined this way, a fearful spirit that deters you from action and renders you timid. A fearful spirit that, deter that deters you from action and renders you timid. I'm gonna say it one more time. A fearful spirit that deters you from action and renders you timid. It's a fearful spirit that keeps you from acting on the things you want to act on, being who you need to be, having what you should have, going where you should go, being able to do what you should do. It renders you 
or it deters you from action, and it renders you timid. In other words, it, 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 it coerces you into submission. A fearful spirit called intimidation. And a lot of us, we all face some fears. But a lot of us, this is a fearful spirit that has worked on you to where you are not able to step into the things God says you should step into or have the things God says you could have or get on the level that God wants you to have. It's an ongoing, intimidating spirit. And it's a fearful spirit. Sometimes we just fear the unknown. There are just things we, we don't know, but yet we fear those things, and sometimes those are just things that might even be in the future. We fear the unknown. We don't really know. We are just fearful about it. Sometimes we fear things that are potential danger. For some people, it could be fearing failure. For some people, it's fearing sickness. For some people, it's fearing speaking. For some people, it's fearing death. For some people, it's fearing rejection. These are just fears. Sometimes they're potential, or sometimes they're unknown, or sometimes they're just irrational. They say that less than 8% of what you fear actually ever comes true. We have lived in, for the last year, almost two years, fear intimidating us. Now, I'm not denying that COVID's not a real disease. It has not really affected people. It absolutely has. But think about, think about the widespread forecast that came that just immobilized people and still is immobilizing people, restricting people. It has really handcuffed us. And we realize, this is my belief, that at first, as a church, we needed to respond and and, and do some online stuff and, and, and have services where you could stay at home. But then there was a time when we realized that season was over and it was trying to put an intimidation on us as believers gathering together with a, a worshiping God as a right we have as Americans. So it went from a precaution to an absolute fear. And as I said, the thing that happens with, these fear, with this fearful spirit is that it changes your choices. It changes your confidence. It challenges your faith. And it's the predominant spirit working over our world right now and in our country right now. Second Timothy 1 verse 7 because I want to tell you what the root of intimidation is. The root of intimidation is fear. It's fear. Let's, let's learn what the Bible says about it. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give you a spirit of or timidity or cowardice of craven and cringing and fawning fear. God didn't give you that. But he did give you a spirit of power, of love, and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. This scripture starts off and it says, God did not give you. In the Greek, it's a double negative, which means it should be read this way. God did not, absolutely not, and will never give you a spirit of fear. God never uses fear. He did not give you a spirit or a, dispos a disposition or an attitude, or a tendency, or an inclination, 
or torment or timidity or cringing intimidation. It doesn't come from God. The word fear in the Greek is the word phobes. That's how I pronounce it. It's where we get our word phobia. It's where we get our word phobia. Now, I saw this the other day on a, uh, a, a local app, and it is uh, fears that states have. This is the predominant fear in each state. Ours happens to be the dark. And you see different states around us. This is the predominant fear or phobia in each state. Apparently in Hawaii, the biggest problem is holes. <laughs> Texas is blood. I don't know what that's all about. Um, Kentucky, is that Kentucky? Water. I don't know what that's about either. But our greatest fear is the dark in West Virginia. Point to that is if you go to a website and you Google phobias or fears, there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fears. And like I said, I believe it's the predominant, the predominant spirit working on our planet. So let's talk about fear for a moment because we all experience some fear, but some of us, we love Jesus, but we are really, really, really captive to fear. So let me make some points about fear. Ready? Number one, fear is spiritual. Fear is a spiritual thing. In other words, let me just be really raw and real with you. Fear is a demonic spirit. The Bible says this, that God did not give you a spirit of fear. Fear is not a personality trait. Fear is not something that is just um, in you. It's, it's sort of how you uh, express, express yourself or a tendency in your personality. It is a demonic spirit. And the Bible says, I did not give you that spirit, so it is not from God. We have to understand that it's not part of your personality. It's a demonic spirit. It's a fearful spirit. It's a spiritual thing. You do not have to own it. You do not have to embrace it. God didn't give it to you. If God didn't give it to you, you are not obligated to keep it. You're not obligated to nurse, nurture it. You're not obligated to have it hang around. It's a demonic spirit, the Bible says. Actually, do you know that you're only born with two fears, two innate fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises? That's the only fears you were born with. Now, if you heard a loud noise, what would you do? Jump. Why? It's startling. If you got too close to the edge of something and you could fall, those are actually motivational fears. Those are good fears because if that happens to you, you're on guard and you're, you, you want to be protected. Every other fear you have learned and some fears come and they go and they're temporary, but some fears come and they stay and they're chronic and they're paralyzing. But according to scripture, God didn't give you that spirit, which means it's a demonic spirit. The good news is it's a spirit. You don't have to let it linger. Number two, not only is fear spiritual, fear is prophetic. It's a demonic spirit, but fear is also prophetic. And here's what I mean. Fear is invasive. You can just be doing your thing, 
and all of a sudden be invaded with what? Fearful thoughts. It's a spirit invading your thoughts. It's something demonic. It's a strategy of the enemy, and he begins to invade your thoughts. He doesn't ask permission. He can just start invading your thoughts. Or it could be things that are in our environment right now that cause fear. You can watch a news forecast. You can hear a report. And what happens? This thing begins to go off in you, and it's fearful. So it could be just invasive. It could be something in your environment. Or it could actually be a very strategic attack from the enemy. And let me give you a promo real quick because this Wednesday is our first Wednesday service. I'd encourage you to come out. Um, we've been, this is the year of the Spirit. I've been working on this really cool message about how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. How many know that sounds good? Well, God changed that this morning. He told me to talk Wednesday night about how to know if you're dealing with an attack of the devil. Maybe I'll just preach both. So afterwards, we're having a bonfire. We're having chili, so I can't go that long. But I want you to know that sometimes these things are just a strategic attack of the devil, and he has these tools he uses, and his greatest tool is what? It's fear. But it's prophetic. The devil wants to prophesy to you that there, there, there's going to come destruction in your future. He'll, he'll put fears at you. He'll invade your mind with fear. How many of you, when you first started hearing about COVID, or maybe you got COVID, all of a sudden... I know you're a spiritual giant, but you had that moment like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I will tell you one of the worst things you can do is become a self-diagnosing doctor and go to WebMD and diagnose yourself because guess what? You, will, you, will, you might as well sign your death certificate by the time you read all that stuff. Or how many of you have ever been watching one of those advertisements about medicine? If you have this symptom and that symptom and this and this and that, and maybe by the time you're done, I'm like, I got like seven or 10 of those things. <laughs> and you start thinking, I've got that. And so the devil starts working. Or you might get a diagnosis and the devil says, you know what? This is your destiny. You, you're going to die. You, you, there's not healing for you. You don't deserve healing. Or you look, at the, you look at the threats that are out there just facing us financially in our careers and, and, and things like that are going on right now. There's a spirit of fear on the world. If you don't do this, if you don't do that, if you don't take this shot, if this doesn't happen, you're going to lose your job, your family. All these things are thrown at us, they're thrust at us, and there's a prevailing spirit of fear out there right now, and it's prophetic. But I want you to know this too, faith is a prophetic voice. The words of Jesus are a prophetic voice. But fear, wants a, it's a prophetic voice. This is what's going to happen. This is going on. It could just be in our environment. I, I, no, just let me say something that none of you will like, but I want you to hear this. What is today? It's October 31st. It's Halloween. Now, behind the candy and all those things, tonight, those who are Satanists, witches, they believe that the layer between the spiritual realm and the natural realm is at its thinnest. Celtic and Druid witches, there's all these, there are all these things like trick-or-treating and all those sort of things. Here's where their origin was. They believed that spirits came and they walked around town and if you put fruit out, it appeased the spirits and they would not attack your house and you would have a prosperous year. So there's this prevailing, prevailing fear 
Actually, I remember this years and years ago. As a youth pastor, I brought in a deputy, and his, his job was he researched and investigated um, satanic rituals, satanic groups, and this guy stood up, and, and he had slides and pictures and all of these things, and he was talking to our young people. I, I believe he was a deputy, I think, in Preston County at that time, and he had story after story after story of people who would kidnap kids and kidnap pregnant women to sacrifice them on October 31st, All Hallows' Eve. That's real stuff. Now, I'm not here to tell you about your masks and your trick-or-treating and all that. I'm just saying those are things that are in the environment, especially right now. I'll actually tell you something that's very true. How many have felt like there's just a weird attack for the last several days? This is the most spiritual month of the year. Aren't you glad you came this morning? So these are just, these are, it's a prophetic voice. It's a spiritual thing. And lastly, here's the deal. Fear is spiritual. Fear is prophetic. I want you to get this. Fear is defeatable. Fear is absolutely defeatable. I want to thank these four people right here for their enthusiasm. Fear, now, now think about this. What did Paul say in Galatians? He said, we need to keep standing in our liberty so we don't fall back into things. What what did Jesus say? If you know the truth, if you abide and you remain in my word and my word remains in you, you will experience the truth or the reality of Christ and that reality will set you up free. And they said, when were we ever in bond? They didn't even know they needed freedom in areas. And Jesus said, but when the Son is able to set you free, you can keep walking in what? Freedom. Freedom in your thought life, freedom from addictions. And specifically this morning, I want you to, God wants you to walk in freedom from intimidation. But behind intimidation is the root of fear. It is a fearful spirit. But it's defeatable. It's absolutely defeatable. Now, you've heard me say this, but y'all doing it right? I'm I'm, I'm going somewhere. You can only defeat a spirit because it's a spirit with the opposite spirit. Stick with me. The opposite spirit defeats a spirit because it's a spiritual thing, right? It's It's a spiritual thing. So it can only be defeated by a different spirit. So here's what I want you to hear. When it comes to fear and intimidation, we are either fighting it or we're feeding it. I want you to take a stand that you're going to fight the spirit of fear in your life, the spirit of fear over your family, the spirit of fear over your kids, the spirit of fear in your marriage, the spirit of fear in your environment that you have control over. I want you to take a determination that you're going to fight against that spirit. It's defeatable. You don't have to own it. If you've walked in it for years, you don't have to walk in it anymore. And and listen, there are different levels of this. I mean, it could be you're just intimidated to speak in front of people or speak up. It it could be to that degree, or it could be somewhere in the middle, or it could be some people have so much fear that they're paralyzed, they won't go out of their houses, they won't go here, they won't do that. Whatever level that it might be on, it's not a spirit for you. It's defeatable. 
Bible said, I didn't give you that spirit, but I did give you a different spirit. Y'all are quiet. You just listening really good? I, I, I gave you a different spirit. And I love what he says. I gave you the spirit of power, love, and a secure mind. Because when you're dealing with intimidation and you're dealing with fear, it's the opposite of that. It's powerless, it's hopeless, it's weakness. It's not a secure mind. When you're dealing with fear, your mind is all over the place. You can't sleep, you can't function right, you don't make good choices, you've got bad attitudes, you're in a fear, in a weakness place, and God said, I never gave you that kind of spirit. I gave you one that's full of power, that's full of love, and it's a sound mind. Now, before you get too excited, when, when I teach, I have to explain those words to you because you understand the New Testament was written in Greek. We interpret it to English, and by the time it gets interpreted, sometimes it, it loses the power of the words. So when God said, I didn't give you this spirit of intimidation, I actually gave you the opposite. And first of all, I said, I gave you a spirit of power. Everybody say power. Okay, that was the worst confession of the word power. Of ever. you got to say it like an old Pentecostal preacher, like power. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, that was good. I gave you a spirit of power. It means aggressive energy. It means godly, aggressive energy in the face of a difficult situation, in the face of difficulty. I gave you aggressive energy that overcomes the weakness of wanting to give up. Okay, no one look around. Has anyone ever lately just felt like giving up? Giving up on what you're believing for. Giving up on what you're fighting for. Giving up on what God said is yours. Giving up on peace. Giving up on joy. There's something that's coming against you trying to give you just to give up on your marriage. Give up on your kids. Give up on your healing. Give up on your blessing. It's trying to give you just to, and it's trying to intimidate you and tell you it's not for you. You can't have it. You've been too bad. It's trying to intimidate you with this. And the Bible says, I didn't give you that. That's not my voice. That's not what I prophesied over you. That's not what I spoke over you, but what I speak over you brings power and aggressive God energy in the face of a difficult situation where, where you can stand up against the weakness in you that wants to throw in the towel and give up. God said, that's the spirit I gave you. But the only way you can know that is if you remain in the word of God. I'll make you a promise. You cannot open the promises of God and walk away discouraged. I hope you can't walk away from a Sunday morning at Life Point and feeling discouraged that you can't have it, that you can't walk in it, that you can't go to the next level. I hope you walk out of here like something he said dealt with the fear of my life. Power. I gave you spirit of power and aggressive energy. Then he said, I gave you not only power, but of love. Now, when I read that, I'm like, power, love. It just doesn't seem like it fits. But listen, because I used to make this mistake. I used to think the opposite of fear was actually faith. But that's not true. The opposite of a spirit of fear is actually a spirit of love. It's actually, it's actually a spirit of love. It says right here, a good scripture for you is 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. I didn't put it on the screens, but it says this. Perfect love, maturing love, deletes, casts out, ejects a spirit of fear. 
Did y'all get that? What ejects fear is the perfect love of Jesus. Not the kind you read about. Not the kind that you theorize over, but the kind of love that you've experienced from God. You may not be able to explain all the intricacies. You just know God loved you enough that he saved you, sent his son for you. And the word sozo, the word for salvation, means this, that he rescued you and he liberated you from you and everything that he has now is yours. A delivering spirit, a healing spirit. That's what that little word salvation sozo wasn't just so you didn't have to go to hell. It was to empower you to live full of Jesus in the here and the now. He said, I didn't give you that spirit. Don't take it. It's a demonic spirit. It's the devil's spirit. It's the best he can do. But I gave you power over that. And I gave you a spirit of love that God loves you. And if somebody loves you, they protect you. And if somebody loves you, you get their goodness. And if somebody loves you, they'll wrap their arms and embrace you. They'll walk with you through whatever you're walking through. They'll get you through it. They won't let go of you. That's the spirit of love. And that maturing love that only comes when you know the truth of the word of God and you've experienced it. What's, remember I used the word know, which is the word experience, which is the most intimate experience. It's actually a word for sexual intimacy. The most intimate thing is, is sexual intimacy. That's that phrase that's used right there. And so what God is saying is, the mo- are you kidding me? I-, I am intimate with you. You will experience the intimacy of me and my ways. And when you really know somebody intimately, you know their character. And you'll come to know the character of God, that, he's gonna, he's, he, that what he promised you, he's committed to happening in your life. Now it says, come to know the truth. It doesn't mean that you just hear about it. It actually means that you get in alignment under it. What fear wants to do is to get you out of alignment. The number one thing the devil wants to do is to keep you from believing the word of God. Now, now I want you to hear this. What the devil wanted to do in your life, hear me, what the devil wanted you to do, what he wanted to do in your life is to keep you from Jesus. He wanted to keep you a sinner strung out on drugs, strung out on your addiction, away from God, a destructive life, and the devil wanted to keep Jesus from you. If he couldn't keep Jesus from you and you became a believer, now he just wants to keep you in bondage. But now we learn we can be saved and we can walk in freedom. He said, I gave you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. I love this. You know what a sound mind means? To think accurately with a saved, confident mind. A saved, confident mind. A saved, confident mind. So intimidation. Maybe for some of you, it has been there in your life and it First of all, you need to know it's spiritual, and it's prophetic. It has prophesied to you all these years that you can't be this, and you can't be that, and you won't be this, and you're going to die of sickness, and you're going to be broke, and you can't have this, and you're not going to have a good relationship, and you can't have this, and you won't be that. It's prophesied that to you for years to intimidate you. To coerce you into submission. 
Remember back, guys, when you used to wrestle with, you know, friends or brothers, and you were wrestling someone into what? Submission, and they would, uncle, you tap out. The devil wants you to tap out. He wants you to tap out. But God says, listen, when you're the reality of Christ, I gave you a spirit of power, spirit of love, and a spirit of a secure, saved, accurate mind, which, listen to me, means this. Here, here's how this has to work in our lives. One of the greatest, one of the greatest, one of the greatest problems is that there are, there are a lot of us that really, we love Jesus and we're grateful that he saved us and we're going to heaven. But we're, we're frustrated in areas of our life, listen to me, because we really, really, really don't know the word of God. You know, people have said this um, when we first moved here. Well, that's a word church. That's that faith church. And I said, amen. Because listen to me. When you're a word person and a faith person, I don't know what else you're supposed to be. Romans 4.16 says faith is the key. Provided by grace, received by faith. What else do you want to be called? Well, we're a connecting church. Well, but you need some faith. We're seeking church. Well, you need to stop seeking and get full of faith and stop, start operating. Because if you know the word, what the word does is set you free. I'm telling you, if you really know the word, you can walk in freedom. I know I'm intense this morning, but you got to get this. Because when fear knocks... There was a time it knocked, then it quit knocking. It just barges in. Why? Because it's at home. My kids have never come to the front door and knocked. Father, can we come in? No. They don't even do that with my refrigerator. They don't even do it with my stuff. They just take it. Why? Because they're comfortable. Has the enemy, enemy become too comfortable in areas of our life where he quit knocking? He just comes in now. Here's how this has to work in our lives. When things rise up about sickness, about COVID, about the government, about our jobs, about things that go boom in the night, whatever that intimidation might be, you have got to respond to it. You, you've, you've got to answer it. You have got to answer it. Don't debate with it. Don't converse with it. Don't connect over it. Don't stroke those thoughts. Don't play with them. Don't allow them to stay. Don't tolerate them. You cannot complain about what you tolerate. But you're tolerating. We need to stop tolerating and confront it. How do you confront it? Out of your mouth has to come the word of God. If it's sickness, it's intimidating. I will live. I will not die. And I will continue to declare the words of Jesus. Healing is his kid's bread. Well, you're going to be broke. You're not going to have money. His kids have never been begging for bread, the word of God said. Something has to come out of your mouth. What happens is I'm in alignment with the word, and I'm getting hit by these things and these feelings, and if they have been there for a while, you've got to rise up. You might need to shout at it. I had to shout at some things. Can I give you a good scripture to stand on? If y'all get something good, I'm, I'm almost... Psalm chapter 27, verse 1. Get this. The Lord is my light. 
and he's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Let me read to you how I, how I feel it. When an intimidation comes your way, you can never have that promotion. You can never do that position. You can never do that job. You can never speak to those people. You can never, you can never, you can't, you can never, you won't, you won't ever. Whenever that comes up, or this sickness is going to get you, or you're going to go down, COVID's going to get you, or they're going to do this to you, they're going to do that to you in our country, it's crazy out there, blah, 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 all this stuff. You, 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 you've, got to, you've got to get this in you. But the Lord is my light, and he's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? It, um, don't let fear put you in a submission hold. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my, who, who, who do you think you are, devil? I am tired of the fear you brought on me, my family, my kids, my life, my thoughts. Who do you think you are? If the Lord is your light, if he is your salvation, who should you fear? I'm not going to fear COVID. I'm not going to fear diabetes. I am not going to fear cancer. I'm not going to fear the government. I am not going to fear this sickness, heart disease. I am not going to fear these things. Because fear opens the door, it's prophetic. You've got to answer it. The rest of that verse says, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Who will I fear? In other words, I will fear no one. He's the stronghold of my life. I'm tired of intimidation and fear being the stronghold of my life. The Lord is my stronghold. The words of Jesus are my stronghold. I will stand on them when I don't feel like it. I will stand on them when fear is intrusive, if it's an attack, if it's everywhere around me. He's the light and the salvation of my life. He's my stronghold. Who am I going to fear? It surely is not the devil. And you don't have to stand up here and pound on a table. You might need to look in the mirror and pound on the counter. You might need to get the word of God out, put it on the floor, stand on it and say, the Lord, the word of God is the stronghold of my life. That's actually what Joe Osteen's mom did when she had a terminal death sentence with cancer. She actually stood on the word of God and took care of the fear. And she was healed 30 years ago. So let's take, and we're going to do a worship song. Let's, let's put this to the formula. Let's put it to the formula. Let's take that intimidation. Let's take that fear. Recognize in your life, evaluate. Have I been making decisions based on fear? Have I been tolerating fear? Has fear been present? Is it intimidating me? Is it rendering me timid? Has it deterred me from actions I need to be taken? Is it, has it coerced me into submission? What, what's the root of this in my life? Maybe you grew up in a family where it was fear, fear, fear. Maybe you were watching too much CNN, constant negative news. Maybe, whatever it might be. What's the root? Recognize the problem. And then take responsibility. You might, you might this morning need to say, God, I repent of allowing this fear. I repent. I repent of this. I repent that I allowed. And God, I've made vows. I've made vows. But I repent this morning. Lord, remove this. Remove this power from my life. 
then I want you to walk out of here today relying on the truth to live in freedom from it. Doesn't mean it won't come back whispering, it won't come back intrusively, but you gotta answer it. Just make up your mind. I am from this moment on gonna answer this thing in my life. Y'all are a quiet bunch. I did my best to preach you up. What intimidation does is to deter you and render you faithless. Fear is paralyzing. The Spirit of God is mobilizing you. It does. That's what fear does. Remember when you were little and you laid in your bed and you saw that thing outside on the window, scratching the window, and blah, 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 and you woke up the next morning, it's like these two little twigs, but your imagination got away from you, and you thought it was somebody outside, some whatever monster. Remember that? You know what fear is? It's false evidence appearing real. False evidence over your life. False evidence. Well, you're not going to make it. God says you're going to make it. What I started, I'll finish. Well, I'm down and out. No, you're, you're ahead, you're above, you're not beneath. Come on. You've you got to have some word of God to answer these things. It'll break a spirit of fear in your life. I can't. I won't. There was a time in my life, a time in my life, if you would have said you're going to get up in front of people and speak, that was the last thing I was capable of doing or ever wanted to do because I was so intimidated. And I took one scripture I can do everything through Christ who empowers me. I can do everything in Christ who strengthens me. I said it so many times, I started to believe it. Things in my life that, that I, I can't do that. I, want, I just do it. Why? Because I want to break that spirit over my life. I want to break it. How do you do it with the opposite spirit? You just trust Jesus' word just enough that you'll do the opposite of what fear is saying you to do because it's kept you mobilized. I'm not saying go do something crazy. I'm just saying, come on. Are y'all getting something out of this? Now, if you say, Pastor Aaron, you know, you read my mail this morning. It's like you put the microscope on my life. It's like a spotlight hit me this morning. And you know, this is something that, I'm not, we all deal with it sometimes, but you're saying, this, this, is, this could potentially be a real stronghold in my life. If that's you, would you stand to your feet, please? If that's you, don't, don't. remember, this is a church, not a courtroom. So here's what I believe, that when the word of God goes out, it's not a theory. It's not just verbiage. But how many believe there's power in the word of God? The Bible said it's strong. It's like a two-edged sword. Here's what that means. Just to take a Bible with white pages with black ink on it, it's a book. But when that book gets believed on and comes out of our mouth, it's two-edged. The two edges is it came out of the mouth of God. Now it's coming out of my mouth. And the Bible says it'll cut through flesh, it'll cut through the mental, and it'll cut through the emotional, and it'll cut through the spiritual. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that. So I just declared the word of God today, and I'm believing right now for those of you standing that it is cutting through your thoughts. 
It is cutting through your emotions. It is cutting through your feelings. It is cutting through the spiritual part of your life. It is cutting through the mental part of your life. It's cutting through that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. The two-edged sword is doing surgery right now. And I'll prophesy over you. You've been, that fear has been prophesying to you, telling you that you won't, you can't, you haven't. And I will prophesy over you what the Lord Jesus said. You are who he says you are. You can be who he says you can be. You can do what he says you can do. For those of you that you, there's a spirit that keeps telling you you're going to die and you're going to be sick. You got to answer that. You have to answer that. I will live a long life. I will declare the praises of God. My body is healed. My body is whole. And over every person standing, I break that spirit of intimidation and fear over your life. And I release a spirit of love, a spirit of boldness, a spirit of power over you. What the enemy meant for evil, God can turn for good. I declare over you that that area that was a weakness in your life will now become a strength. Now remember this. Those who remain in the word and the word remains in them, they shall know, they shall experience the reality of Christ and that reality shall set them free. And who the Son of God sets free, they shall be liberated from their limitation and liberated to believe how they should believe, how they want to believe, how they're going to believe. I prophesy that over you. I break, I break the prophecy that was spoken over you, declared over you, that you declared over yourself. I break it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And devil, you are a liar. You are a deceiver. That's right. The devil is a liar. He is a liar. He will steal your lunch and blame God for it, and you'll believe it if you don't know the truth. Some of you fear has, has rendered or deterred your, you from the action you should be taking and has rendered you weak. And Father, I pray that strength and boldness and power and love and a secure mind will be stirred up in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. If the rest of you would, would join them, stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, listen, when you walk out of here, if, you, if, if I prayed for you for that, you just need to, the Bible says, if you submit to the Lord, you can resist him and he will flee. The message Bible says, shout a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. You, you need to shout some no's to the devil. Get bold. You say, well, I'll look like an idiot. Well, you know what? Embrace it. Embrace it. Look in the mirror. Shout. Get, a, get your Bible out and stand up. Fear's not. You don't have to embrace fear anymore. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has anybody ever felt like you could not turn the faucet of worry off? We'll talk about that next week. We gotta wait a week. God's good. God is good. Can we worship him? Father, we worship you. Father, we magnify you, and Father, we glorify you. Come on, we can do better than that. He just liberated you. So I didn't feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. 
I want you to know that you don't have to feel anything and know that God is working full steam. You don't have to feel anything. He's working behind the scenes. He's working. He's Because he promised. He promised. He promised you. Come on, he promised you. Now listen, because you just deleted some fear out of your life. Do you know everything God can start doing in your life that he couldn't do because fear was between you and him? You're not intimidated anymore. You can say, I can do all things. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm blessed, not broke. Come on, I'm a winner, not a loser. I'm not free, I'm not, I'm free, I'm not bound. Let's say this together. The spirit of fear and heaviness no longer dominates me. I am full of freedom. I will not be intimidated by the devil. He's a weenie.